Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I am your host, Sam Fain, and I am not going to talk very long at all because I want to get straight to this interview with Eliza Taylor. She's delightful, and I think this is probably one of my favorite interviews that I've ever had the chance to do, uh, which says a lot because I have adored the chance that I've had to speak to so many awesome people over the last year or so. Um, but this one was just such a joy and Eliza's great. I adore the character. She plays Hannah Carson on Quantum Leap. Um, if you're coming here because you are a fan of Eliza's and you uh, are not necessarily watching Quantum Leap, watch Quantum Leap. It's awesome. Um, and there's there's just been so many great stories told over the course of this season in particular. Uh, you can catch it on Peacock. Uh, and of course, if you want more content, check out uh, the page. There's lots of great interviews with some wonderful actors and writers and producers and directors uh, of Quantum Leap, uh, as well, of course, other things. Um, and stick around, especially now, because over the next few weeks during the break between the mid-season finale and when the show picks back up again, hopefully late February, or excuse me, late January, early February, there will be a lot of really cool content um, that has nothing to do really with Quantum Leap, um, that that allows Fate's Wide Wheel to sort of just stretch its legs. And I'm really looking forward to that a great deal, because Fate's Wide Wheel, it's film, TV, pop culture, culture, of course, Quantum Leap. So check that out. Um, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for, for joining along. Um, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Leave a comment below. If you have anything you want to add, any questions, please do. Uh, I love the dialogue and the conversation. I've been really busy lately, so I haven't been able to respond to all of the comments, but certainly I see them. I like them. I love them. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, take part, you know, be, be uh, a part of the community and the fandom because uh, it's a really, really, really great place to be. You, of course, can find Fate's Wide Wheel over on Instagram and uh, Twitter slash X. Um, that's where most of the social media engagement is right now uh, for the show. Um, and there is a Patreon uh, as well to help support the show. But I'm going to ask you a favor before you go over to the Patreon. This time of year, especially all year round, but this time of year, especially I think it is so important to try to help others out. So take a look around your community. See if there are any wrongs that you can set right. Um, if you can donate your time, if you can donate your money, uh, whatever you can do to help out. Uh, I think that that is one of the most important things that we can do as human beings all year round. But again, especially this time of year. And if you know, you're know you looking maybe at the world at large, I will always recommend the charities of the Trevor Project and Doctors Without Borders. I think both of those charities are incredible life-saving organizations and they are very near and dear to me and I support them personally. Um, so anything, any way that you can help out, any way that you can be uh, a Dr. Sam Beckett or a Dr. Ben Song, go for it. All right. Let's, let's make the world a better place and let's do it. Um, because it's the right thing to do. Now, if after all of that, you still want to support this show, then by all means, head over to patreon.com slash fates wide wheel. Um, you can sign up uh, for any dollar amount and you will get access to everything over there, including some awesome behind the scenes videos, um, charting JJ Lindell's process for creating the amazing art that he has done. And, uh, and there'll be a lot of other really cool things in the coming weeks and months ahead. So uh, stay tuned patrons. Thank you so much for all of your support. I really, truly appreciate it. I am humbled by it. And it helps to make this show possible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a stay at home parent and, and, a, and a struggling actor. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely you that are keeping the lights on as far as fate's wide wheel goes right now. And I really, really genuinely appreciate it. That's enough for me. Um, let's let's get this going. All right. Eliza Taylor is amazing. And I want to share this with you. Um, I, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Um, it was just such a wonderful time when we covered a variety of subjects um, in, in some interesting ways, I hope, in some ways that I hope that you find um, just as engaging as, as I did while we were having this conversation. So thanks for being here and enjoy Eliza Taylor. Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm your host, Sam Fain, and I have the privilege of being joined by Eliza Taylor, who plays Hannah on Quantum Leap once again. Eliza, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My pleasure. I, last time was was so much fun, and uh, I, I had a thrill getting to speak to you about the casting process and, of course, about like secret history in particular. Um, and you should know that that is the most watched episode that I have on <laughs> 
on my YouTube channel from the past like year. So, Aww, uh, so yeah, great. yeah, uh, a lot of, a lot of people uh, wanted to check that one out and, uh, and I'm thrilled uh, that they did because I thought it was a really wonderful conversation and, um, you know, people are obviously responding to the character, um, and, and people clearly have an appreciation for you as well. So, uh, I'll just start off by asking, how does it feel to, to have, you know, that, that kind of love directed your way by the fan base? Oh, it's a big relief. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you you always get a little bit nervous uh, coming into an already established cast and, um, you know, you wonder how your character is going to be received. But I've been really lucky and um, it's been nothing but love and I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, one of the things that I've said repeatedly on the show and, the, you know, in the few interactions that I've been lucky enough to have uh, with the people that work on the show, cast as well as as producers and writers, um, is everyone genuinely just seems really lovely, really generous. And uh, it certainly seems like, you know, based off of some of your social media posts, like on Instagram of photos that you're having, having a lot of fun with other cast members. How has that been? Like kind of, you know, especially coming off of a show that you were on for like i mean how long did the hundred go it was like we shot for eight years but it was yeah seven it was seasons. like nine yeah. seasons or something like that so yeah um you know coming off of a show where you're clearly kind of embedded with a group of people and then coming into a situation like this and and making new friends how has that been oh, it's been awesome honestly um yeah i i don't know what i was expecting but i think i was pleasantly surprised by how much of a warm welcome i received and um there's something really special about being on that set, like quantum leap, everybody who's there really wants to be there. And Mm. that's actually quite rare. You know, (laughs) I I think it's, um, it's just a really positive set and everyone's genuinely excited about what they're doing and it's infectious. Ah, I, I love hearing that. And again, it's definitely the vibe that I've gotten from, you know, the conversations that I've had with folks. Um, but of course, I, I do have to ask, speaking directly about Nomad, was there any jealousy over the fact that you got to go to Egypt and some people <laughs> did not? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there was um, because, hello, like... It's not every day you get to, you know, go to some, one of the, you know, the, what is it? Seven wonders of the world. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it was insane. And I was just so, I was, I felt so lucky. Um, and also kind of like I was in a dream, (laughs) like it didn't feel (laughs) real. It was only five days that we were there and it, 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 when I got back, I went, did that actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that leads me to a great question. The, what was the schedule like for you? Because I imagine, I mean, obviously travel, time change, you know, there, there had to be some sort of like jet lag involved with all of that. But at the same time, you have work to do. So what did that schedule look like once you got to Egypt? I was really lucky. I had a full day um, when everyone else had to go to set. Um, the next morning after the long flight, I had the day to kind of recalibrate and, um, and relax, uh, and prepare. So for me, like my, my work was a little bit lighter, but for everybody else, man, like the crew for Ray and Caitlin, they were in it. They were just, you know, 12 hours a day, maybe more, um, for the whole time we were there. Now, I I think Dean had mentioned that it was a fairly small group that went over there and that there were a lot of local, you know, crew that were used. Mm -hmm. How how did that work as far as like integrating, you know, the people that were already there and and coming in with this, this small team from Quantum Leap to get this job done? It was actually fascinating. It was really interesting to see how the locals do it. You know, it's a Mm. very different vibe. There's because there are so many external factors, like there's, there's a million people racing by on mopeds and camels and, um, you know, uh, (laughs) there's so much foot traffic because especially when we were shooting in the ancient markets, Mm. um, that the, the group, the, (laughs) hello, the crew words are hard. Um, (laughs) 
the crew that were local to Cairo um, were just, they were so quick and so loud and so like passionate and mm. just like getting everything locked down so we could get a take done. Um, I think we were all kind of blown away. It was just a really like, it wasn't anything we'd ever seen or experienced before. Mm, that's so fascinating to me. I actually, it, it's so funny. I, I just finished reading a biography on Bruce Lee, actually. And at one mm. point in the book, um, they talk about the film crew for Enter the Dragon was, you know, kind of made up of a majority of Hong Kong locals. But there were a lot of like Hollywood folks that were brought in as well. And just kind of the way that that interaction occurred and how it was a little difficult at first and it's different I mean, obviously with the movie it's a longer shoot but like it was really fascinating the way that the group kind of meshed together and appreciated you know some of the differences yes. and so i i was yeah i really as soon as dean mentioned that we didn't have time to really talk about it and obviously unfortunately he couldn't be there because of the writer's strike but i was very curious just to yeah get an idea of what that would be like because it, it is really interesting to you know mix these two teams that haven't necessarily worked together before in, a, in an no. environment that is wholly, you know, different from the environment that you're used to shooting in. So um, any, uh, any kind of interesting stories or anything that stands out to you that happened? I know it's, it's been a while now, unfortunately, <laughs> but, but, you know, anything that stands out to you as far as like any interesting or funny stories uh, on the set? Oh, I mean, it, I, it, I think it was just for me, like, and it does feel like a lifetime ago now, but it was just a sensory overload for all of us. Mm. I think we were just, and one thing that was interesting is I, I found it really hard to retain my dialogue, to remember my lines. I just, I oh, think, really? you know, the, the hustle and bustle, the heat, the, the, the new smells, the, you know, mm -hmm. all of these like factors kind of, I was like, can I, do I still know how to act? Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure jet lag had a lot to do with that as well. Yeah. Um, but as someone who's seen the episode, I can certainly say, yes, you did remember oh, how to you. act. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it was just, oh my goodness. It, it was like a fever dream. Just wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> had you, had you ever been to Egypt before? No. <laughs> no, it was on my list. Absolutely. But um, I never thought that I would go in this capacity. And um, like being able to stand at the foot of the Sphinx, I was oh. just insane, you know. Yeah. Um, and all, like, I wasn't shooting that day, but I, I asked production if I could just tag along so I could see it. And it wasn't. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, my wife's been. I've never, I've never been, but uh, but she she went when she was a teenager. Um, did, did you get to do any? I mean, I obviously mentioned like tagging along, but did you get to do anything fun while you were there apart from shooting the episode, or was it pretty much just work and sleep? <laughs> it was work and sleep up until the last night. We when we wrapped, we all had dinner together, um, which was really lovely, and I think yeah. you know everybody needed to blow off some steam and. <laughs> and relax a little bit um so we had a beautiful dinner on on the rooftop of the hotel and uh, that was really special yeah oh that does that sounds fantastic yeah. um when you first got the this well actually let me go back just a second when did you first know that you were going to be going to egypt for the episode is that something you like knew right away uh sam i thought it was a joke i didn't think it was real <laughs> <laughs> i was like <laughs> I was like, oh, that you mean green screen, right? <laughs> you mean right, right. Be doing a whole lot of VFX. Um, and yeah, I, it wasn't until my agents called me about a week beforehand that they said, yep, you're going, they're, they're booking your flights and we need to make sure that you've got all the, you know, safety and travel information. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's wild. It's funny because Dean had mentioned when Martin first kind of threw the idea at him about, you know, doing an episode on location internationally, that Dean was at first kind of like hedging a little bit and looking at locations that were like easy or cheap to shoot in. And then all of a sudden yeah. Martin was like, no, 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 no. Think Big. And so Dean was like, okay, let's go to Egypt. Um, that's, that's fantastic though. Um, I can imagine, you know, being told that and 
and, and yeah, not not thinking it was quite real. Yeah, I thought, um, so. I thought they were having me on. I was like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> um, the when you when you first got the script, and we talked a little bit about this during Secret History, just because there are those time jumps for Hannah in between, you know, the episodes we've seen her thus far. Um, was there any information that you kind of immediately drew from the script? that allowed you to kind of, even just in your head, even if you didn't get too specific, hyper-specific with it, to, to sort of fill in the blank of the time that had passed from secret history to the time that that um, Nomad is set? Because I think it's about, was it six years again, five or six years from like 55 to yeah, 61? something yeah. like that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think six years. Do you mean for what like Hannah's been up to in that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, there wasn't anything in particular. I mean, I know that from Secret History and from Ben um, making that discovery about her boss that um, she would have gone on to do some pretty incredible things that she wouldn't have otherwise. Um, yeah. But I just always assume, like the particulars I don't know, but I always assume that she's just kicking goals, like just kicking mm. up, really. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, just like the first female to do this and this and this and this in her field. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, that that is something that seems to come across, especially with the fact that, you know, I mean, now Dr. Hannah Carson and, mm -hmm. you know, being here for this conference, um, you know, in, in, in Cairo, it does seem like a big deal. I mean, contextualizing it in the 60s, it's not like, unfortunately, we don't have a long list of women that were that notable, you know, and that active mm -hmm. in that field. Um, so I, I, you know, I kind of mentioned this question and, and I, I got somewhat of a, a fun, playful, coy response from Dean and Drew when I asked it. Um, so I don't expect any spoilers whatsoever. But do you have a desire to explore some of that that lost time, that time that we don't see Hannah, um, whether on screen or, or, or is there any, you know, are there any questions that you've asked along the way to kind of help to fill in those gaps? And yeah. even thinking about the future of it, you know, as we go forward in the rest of the season. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's funny because like at the beginning of uh, shooting, when I got the role, Dean and Martin were very gracious and gave me a lot of information about sort of Hannah's overall arc throughout the season. And, mm. um, and so I thought I kind of, I had a really good idea of, you know, what she, what she was up to, how Ben has impacted her life and her path and, um, and then, uh, thing, well, I can't say much, but things have <laughs> changed a little bit and I'm now I'm reading the scripts and going, oh, okay. Um, you know, they've obviously like made some little diversions from that original plan and it's really cool for the better, I think. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, I think it's given me a lot more insight into, what she's been up to. Mm, very cool. I, I, that was something that, you know, I've been thinking a lot about over the past couple of weeks, honestly, because there's definitely a story there to be told. And I, mm. I think it's wonderful. Not everything has to be shown on screen. I, you know, I think that, yeah. that helps to engage the viewer even more. Um, but there is kind of this, this, uh, potential like just richness to what has happened to Hannah in that in between time. Mm -hmm. Um, now, one of the things over the course of Nomad, obviously, is that it, it becomes very clear that, you know, Hannah and Ben aren't just attracted to one another. They're in love. Yeah. And, you know, it's done really beautifully. I mean, I, I think Dean's script is fantastic. You know, you and Ray are, are wonderful. Um, the direction, I mean, some of the, some of the cinematography, in particular the scene where, where the two of you are kind of like on the, um, I don't want to say balcony, it's not really a balcony, but standing at the window, there's just yeah, this yeah. really beautiful oh, quality to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, beautiful. the lighting is so wonderful. Um, can you talk a little bit about the challenges perhaps of sort of building that relationship in, in the context of knowing that, you know, you get this finite amount of time 
especially, I mean, really focusing on secret history because enclosure encounters, sure, there's a little bit of that, you know, meat cute quality or whatever, but, mm, there, but yeah. there's not much else there. And then in secret history, it starts to ramp up, but then coming into Nomad, it's like, this is, this is a big, big story. It's not just this little yeah. romance, like this is love. Yeah. I mean, I think last time we chatted, Dane said it really well. Um, you know, he said that, and I, that really actually what he said during this podcast really made, like helped me, my process with Hannah. He oh. said, you know, that um, we've all had that romance, that whirlwind, you know, swept off our feet uh, romance that we know isn't going to last forever or that mm. we know is we only have a finite amount of time in and and when I think about that, I, it's actually a really relatable story between Hannah and Ben, even though it's in this impossible, you know, um, sci-fi <laughs> world. Right, it's right. Still, it's still, a, you know, a tale as old as time, um, you know, star-crossed lovers, all of that. It's, and it's beautiful. So, yeah, I think in a lot of ways that actually really helped me go, okay, there's this beautiful, you know, they're in this beautiful romance. They completely fully accept that it's not going to be, you know, and like Hannah says, um, I'm, I'll be lucky if I get to spend a week with you over the course of my life. You know, um, it's just beautiful. Like how romantic and they're just making the most of it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I love that line too, because I mean, it, it, Tim, what you just said, you know, I'd be lucky. The, the, the notion that she is considering this a gift and not looking at it as some sort of tragedy, you know, that, right. that oh, yeah. I only have this amount of time. Yeah. And, and there's something inspiring and hopeful about that, that, that I think, you know, the message is to, yeah, is to appreciate things a little bit more. Yes, um, be present. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, the <laughs> over the course of the episode, of course, there's this idea right from the beginning that, okay, we've only got a finite amount of time, you know, let's spend it together. Hannah's going to help out. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, but then things kind of take this, you know, this, this turn and it looks like Ben might be staying there. Um, mm. Oh because yeah! They, oh yeah. my gosh, I, have, I, I forgot about that for a second. <laughs> so I'm curious as to like, especially for you, and just you know, putting yourself in Hannah's headspace for for a moment, like that, you know, that small window of time when it looks like Ben might be sticking around. You know, what do you think that that's like in in Hannah's mind? And 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 you know, is she able to start to like create a future? Is it or is it just is it still kind of that appreciate the moment? take this as it comes and we'll figure it out as we go along. Yeah. I think deep down Hannah uh, intuitively knows that it's, you know, it's not his destiny. And she says that, but um, we, in this, it was actually written that she's, she's trying to fathom it. She's trying to imagine him staying forever and it's wonderful, but she just has this feeling that he's got to go. He's got to continue on his, cosmic mission um (laughs) and she was right (laughs) right right well yeah i I think that when the phone rings there's this really wonderful moment and even before you pick it up i you know the viewer can i mean i certainly could tell hannah knows what's coming (laughs) i'm glad that came across because i wasn't sure what i because i knew it was there it was in the script where she just has a beat and goes something's about to happen i don't know what but you know um and and then when i watched it i was like i wonder i hope that the viewers will get that moment so i'm very happy to hear that it came across yeah, I, I certainly thought that it did. I, I just, I loved, you know, kind of there was this moment of hesitation and, and it wasn't, you know, it's, it's it, not to get too like actor speak or whatever, but it's kind of like, uh, you, you know, when the director's like, oh, don't, you know, don't play the end, you know, just, just, just mm. try and play the moment or whatever. It didn't feel like you're, you're, you're playing the end. Like it didn't feel like you were like, That's oh, cool. I'm going to, you know, pick up the phone and know exactly what's happening. Yeah. But there was like, like you were saying, there's a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of doubt, a little bit of question of like, what could this be? And, and now I, I thought it was a really wonderful moment and then there's like this when you hand the phone off to ben it was 
it, the, I think the thing that really pulled at my heart even more was that there wasn't any like hesitation that there wasn't any and it, and it, and it fed into the those earlier lines about Ben's destiny so well because yeah. it was a moment of just sort of like no this is this is who he is and like I took away from that that's who he is and that's why Hannah is in love with him you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so those those moments of of being able to kind of like, again, you know, there's there's stuff that's left to the imagination as far as the you know the nature of all of the conversations that are taking place. But there is this wonderful idea that Ben and Hannah get like a few uninterrupted hours together, as opposed to you know, an observer always around or having to focus on a mission or, or being split up for this or that. Mm -hmm. Did you and Ray have an opportunity to kind of talk about, you know, what might have been, you know, what, what Ben and Hannah were, were doing or talking about or, or, or you know, whatnot during that time? Yeah, we actually shot it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we really? <laughs> we shot a lot of what that, you know, of, of like, um, there was this beautiful montage that, I mean, probably given um, needing to cut down on time, didn't make it, but uh, of them, you know, uh, just having really deep, beautiful conversations and kind of cutting in and out of them, you know, holding hands and sitting with each other and holding space for each other. And um, it was really beautiful. Um when we shot it, I don't know how it turned out. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> didn't make it in. But um, it was just, yeah, there was a lot of like, you know, um, of Ben discussing his relationship with Addison and um, Hannah talking about how she first fell in love with science. And so, you, you know, um, it was really fun to explore that. And there was a lot of sort of improvising as well in there that, you know, we laughed a lot as well as, you know, got to have these really beautiful emotional beats. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I, that's the type of stuff that I yearn for, uh, you know, in, in like a physical release of the, 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 the show on like Blu-ray or something is like, give us some of that, that stuff, yeah. because you know, the, the first <laughs> the season was scenes. fairly bare bones, but like, yeah, give us the deleted scenes. Let us see some of that stuff. Um, one of the things that's interesting, um, and, uh, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, I don't know if I'm supposed to, but, um, in the script, the final line of the episode, Ben says, I love you too, back to Hannah. But in the finished episode, he doesn't say it like it's, it, 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 I know. Well, uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I didn't, I didn't actually hear him say it in the final scene. Um, cause I was, I was waiting for it. Um, Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm going to have no, to like go back and rewatch it. Maybe I just it, heard it when I watched it because that's how we did it on the day. That's so funny. Right? I, I, yeah, I didn't, I did. I, I don't know. And maybe it's, and, and sometimes, you know, very rarely, but sometimes the screener that we get is a little different from what's aired. So hmm. perhaps it's, it's in the air version. I'm not, I don't know. I don't um, know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I was, I, 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 that was a moment where, um, again it was even even if it is unsaid and i could be completely wrong and be made to look a fool uh but uh even going unsaid i mean it's so it's so palpable so in in you know building that moment in particular that final scene you know at first it, it you know addison is there and then she leaves to kind of give ben and hannah some time and um what's what's your process like for a moment like that because there is i mean there's this level of intimacy and vulnerability and mm. it, you know it's just a really really beautiful tender moment um how do you approach a scene like that they're my favorite scenes for sure like that's I, awesome that's my jam i love <laughs> <laughs> i love i don't know i love that there's like you said there's intimacy there's vulnerability there's um, something really um, bittersweet about it. And um, uh, my process is pretty, I mean, it, when it's written so well for you, it's, it's very easy. It's just, you know, good scripts are easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was all there and, you know, and also having Ray as such an incredible scene partner, it, you know, we didn't really need to do all that much. To, to make it feel good. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I love I love hearing that. I, I I've I've told this story a couple of times recently. Some of the work that I'm involved in right now, but that's either or there. But there's this wonderful story about Jack Lemmon working with Billy Wilder for the first time, and Jack Lemmon comes on the set. And he's got this scene. He does the scene. Billy Wilder yells "cut," and you know, and, and looks at him and says, "Okay, that was great. Next time, less." They do it again cut next time less and this goes on like nine or ten takes and then finally yeah. jack lemon looks at him and says if i do any less i'm not going to be doing anything at all and billy wilder goes now you're getting it and i just <laughs> i just love that you know That's because right. it's, i think it's true it's like it's so easy to find yourself in those moments to like want to do something and push for something and the truth yeah. is you just you just have to be you just have yeah. to yeah um absolutely so i i, I love, love i love i love hearing that yeah, yeah. it's I, I love that story so much i'm gonna um, that one <laughs> <laughs> what um what's your favorite part about being an actor oh my gosh <laughs> I, I love it so much i don't i, I don't know it's funny because i've been doing it for nearly 23 years now Mm. Um, so I've been doing it since I was 11 and, uh, I have the same feeling on set now that I did when I was 11, my first day on mm. set, it was like I was home and there's something about the collaboration, all these incredible, incredibly talented people working together to make something great. Um, there's just this amazing sense of camaraderie. Um, there's so much uh, skill. There's so much talent. There's just, it's like this, you know, hive of energy and um, everybody working towards a common goal. So I think if I had to boil it down, my favorite thing is being in that environment is being on set and, um, and being a part of that. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I love that. I understand. Mm. Um, do you? And I I understand it's hard. I mean, some sometimes questions like this, you just sort of feel like I don't know how to answer that. But I am curious. Do you feel like there's one or maybe two really valuable lessons you've learned along the way? Especially having you know having done this for two decades, do you feel like there's something along the way that you feel like that helped me become a better actor? I think for me, um, yes, there's been many moments, but, um, the, the hardest part for me is, uh, um, being in the public eye. <laughs> That's mm, really mm. tricky. Um, and when I started, there wasn't social media, there wasn't like this direct line of you know, communication, um, good or bad. Um, so when I started on the hundred, uh, that was really tricky and what people were saying really affected the way that I was performing because mm. I was taking it all on like, okay, I'm not good enough like this. It, it, they don't like it when I frown, you know, when I have these lines here, you know, so all of these things that I was trying to change about myself um, actually was really detrimental to my, <laughs> to my acting. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, I mean, the biggest lesson for me is to be to just to get off line, don't read comments, don't. And it, it sounds like, I don't know if it sounds silly, um, but as soon as I did that, my sense of self came back the real world that I was interacting with on a day-to-day -day basis became much more important <laughs> than what was on <laughs> this, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And I was present again and I hadn't felt that since I was a kid. And that for me um, is just the most important thing. Like what's going on on the internet is not, <laughs> is not real. I mean, it might be <laughs> if I look at it, but you know, when I'm interacting with my day-to-day -day life, that doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love that. And I, I think it's very difficult, you know, these days to, to really kind of live by that because it mm -hmm. is so ever present and, and we are so connected and it, and it's how, you know, 
I think that sometimes with all of the technology and all of the ways that we can now be connected, um, we don't always focus on the right things. Mm. And to me, when I get to experience the way that people are sharing with one another um, in these really positive, you know, sometimes very vulnerable, honest, genuine ways that I look at that and I say, Oh, that's what this is for. And mm. then when you, you know, and then when you see the other side of it and, 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 you know, the echo chambers and the, and the yeah. anger and the fear and the, you know, and everything else, it's just sort of like, Ooh, this is what we should have stopped and had to talk about 15 years ago <laughs> before we ever got to this point. Um, but, but I, I, I completely understand that. And I think it's, it's very difficult. I, I would imagine, especially because, you know, for me, I, I, I look at, you know, I look at acting and, and, and obviously there are inherent differences in, um, in, you know, what I do doing like storefront theater in Chicago and that sort of stuff and what you were oh, cool. doing on, on a larger scale. But like, to me, the wonderful thing is, is that ultimately you're getting the opportunity to share, you know, to share a story, to share a, a you know, piece of yourself, you yeah. know, with an audience. And, um, and, and I think that there are things that can get in the way of that. And, you know, you mentioned like online comments and I, I know for stage actors, like it's, it's the reviews. I mean, oh, yeah, obviously I if you're on Broadway, like you'll get online yeah. comments too, but yeah, I mean the reviews and it's so hard to be backstage and know that like oh you know somebody put the review up on the board and i'm just like i'm not gonna read it i don't want to well, read it like, i know, you know right right exactly exactly and then it's, you know it's like somebody will walk by and it's so funny i remember that I, I was like fresh out of college and 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 there was a review and somebody was like reading the review and i just kind of like walked by it. they go like hey this reviewer compared you to marlon brando and i was like what i was like that's amazing and then i go read the review and they were comparing my physical appearance to Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now and I was like oh no it's like that's not the comparison that I was looking for <laughs> and so and so it's oh, so it's no. really it's really hard because you know there's like it, it, you have this desire to like you do you, it's, it's you know, human, yeah you know right Absolutely. but you do have to kind of tune it all out to work in an honest manner I mean is that what oh, you yeah. found Oh yeah. I mean, I, I went through the whole, like, um, I, I got Botox because I thought people mm. didn't like looking at my face anymore. You know, mm. I, I, I tried to lose a bunch of weight and I just ended up actually gaining more because I was, you know, I'd be starving myself and then, and then binge eating. And it was just like, all these little comments and you can read the problem is you can read so many positive ones and it's just these little um negative ones dotted throughout that you pick up on yeah. and go and latch on to and go oh gosh um and <laughs> and so I went through all that in my 20s and I'm so grateful to have um come out of that, come out the yeah. other side and just realize that all of that, that stuff is just chatter and it, it really doesn't apply to my real life. Um, right. Yeah. And I love my body now and I love my face and <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Oh, I am now. <laughs> Whatever comes out on screen is, you know, it's performative. It's the way it's meant to be. It's, you know, it's, it's the character. Yeah and absolutely yeah well you know i think one of the neat things about quantum leap we talked a little bit about this in secret history is that you get to have so many different looks yeah um you know uh the look <laughs> in in nomad obviously is a big difference from what we've seen what did you think about that you know you you have kind of the the bouffant kind of hair and Ugh. you know I, it was it was, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, it was obviously it's period appropriate and you see it and, and how did that feel? Like, you know, again, the growth of this character and some of the stuff that we don't get to see, but then it's manifesting itself in this way that not only is telling us something about Hannah, but it's also telling us about when we are as well. So what did that feel like when you, you know, you're, you're getting that hair? Was that a wig or was it your real hair? That was, uh, both. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> pieces that were not my hair at all um, <laughs> um and then there was some of my real hair but it it um it was amazing I mean 
it's been my dream to uh like since I was a kid to do something period like either 40s Mm. 50s or 60s and now I've done all three in the space of a year and yeah it's so much fun it's everything that I thought it would be I love it (laughs) and every new period that we do I'm just like bring it on I want it to I I do a lot of research on hair makeup nails I always try to look at the nails of that era and that year in particular um and perfumes and I just really try to to load up on that all that stuff so that Mm. I can go in and feel and look the part yeah. Oh, I, I love that. That that kind of it's it's funny sometimes the little things that you can you can pick up on that affect you. And it's mm. the reason why I think it's important, right, to to kind of explore as much of it as you can, because you never know what's gonna feel like that little key that unlocks a new, you know, new pathway and a new you know, your new way into whatever experience that you have. Was there anything on this particular episode that really kind of felt like that sort of like turnkey moment? Um, aesthetically speaking sure. yeah or, or yeah. even if it even if it wasn't even if it was something else um I mean for me I think the costume and the beehive has got to be <laughs> what really got me there <laughs> yeah yeah totally but I mean there was an, something on this episode that um that I was kind of grappling with which was um do I age her up vocally a little bit Mm. um because hannah's like she speaks up here a lot of the time (laughs) i was like do i bring her voice down to my sort of register um for you know her late 30s or um i think that's what she is in the 60s uh so i i played with it a little bit i did lower it a little bit um, and I think there's one scene in particular where you really hear it. Um, and mm. then I got scared and I, I went back up to hi Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound like Hannah anymore. It was really, <laughs> it was really interesting. Um, and I think I over, I overthought it and mm. it ultimately just went, no, that's actually, I reeled it back in. I went, that's just it takes away a lot of her charm. So it was, it was mm. interesting to learn that over the course of this episode. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is fascinating. I, do you find in the in the dialect work, because obviously one of the humorous moments of the episode is that Hannah affects like a Southern accent at one point um, yeah. to, you know, when she's helping Ben out. Um, but, but, you know, in kind of doing that sort of dialect work, is there any particular method that you use like IPA or anything like that? Or is it just working with a dialect coach? Is it more of an auditory thing where you, you know, you've listened and you picked certain things up? What kind of is your process for um, getting that dialect? And I find it really interesting that you said, like, you know, kind of pitching things down a little bit almost took you a little, uh, took you away from the character. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at what point do you kind of, you know, maybe say, okay, you know, maybe this is, you know, right, that her voice would sound a little different, but it Mm -hmm. takes me too far away. And I, and and I, I want to, you know, maintain that, you know, that connection with the character. So I'm kind of curious as to what your approach to that, that type of work is like. Trial and error, baby. I um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I um, you know, I thought when I was uh, preparing for the episode, I did work with my dialect coach, um, but to us, you know, you can you can work on things to a certain point, and then you kind of have to throw it all away so you can be in the moment and not just thinking about words. Sure. Um, uh, which definitely happened with my southern accent because I completely forgot how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's kind of that, that it works for the character anyway, that she's obviously totally. not southern. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's a real – I've never played a character over, you know, the course of – um her life before so Mm. to um to play her several years apart and you know getting older and I you know that it's something that I like I said I think I overthought um 
and now I'm just kind of going with the flow I've mm-hmm. found like in the next few episodes I'm just I've I think I've found a more mature Hannah um without like messing with this too much <laughs> sure sure oh I I mean that that makes sense to me and I think that you know seeing the way that the characters run it and like you said I mean you can attribute a lot of this to the writing but seeing the way that the character has grown over the course of these episodes is we see someone who obviously in closure encounters has some agency you know like she mm-hmm. she she's willing to kind of help out right like mm-hmm. you know it's like i'm 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 here i'm gonna help out i'm you know i'm an engaging human and then of course in secret history again we see someone who is you know partnering up with ben but not necessarily on equal footing especially mm-hmm. because you know for part of the episode she doesn't necessarily know for certain that it's ben i think that there's a hint that that it, you know that we get that Hannah knows something about you know something's different about this guy, yeah. Um, but in this episode, I feel like we get even more agency from Hannah that we see a Hannah that is now on equal footing with Ben in in almost every way to mm. to the point where she kind of instigates some of the the action that that's pivotal to the episode, and, you know, in particular with with changing you know the place of the bug and that sort of stuff. What's it feel like to kind of have gone on this journey so far and find this character that now really, again, is 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 on equal footing with, you know, with Ben, with our lead character, as opposed to being like, you know, the partner or, or you know, I, I hate, I don't want to use this as a pejorative, but the sidekick in Closure Encounters. Mm-hmm. And now is really just like, yeah, I, I, I mean, is just as much of the hero of the piece in some ways as Ben is. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love the evolution of Hannah uh, in that regard. Like, you know, we find her, we first meet her in her early 20s and she's she's clearly brilliant but still finding her footing and, you know, and then you, you see her again and she's really kind of a, a woman now and coming to her own in the, in the 1950s and then... Um, and now she's caught up in age to Ben um, right. by, by the 60s. And um, and so she's really come into her own and she's quite fearless. Like there are so- sometimes I read um, the script and go, geez, she's going to, you know, like, <laughs> I would never. I would be like, I'm going to hide over here. You do all the work. Bye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's me though um is, she, she's fearless and it's just awesome um yeah. there's much more of that to come too where do you without spoiling anything where do you think that comes from that fearlessness in hannah i don't know i i have to attribute it to just um her her unique view on the world and like she doesn't it's almost like she doesn't see life as um she doesn't see this as her only life or something like she'll it's like she's been here before and she'll be back and so she's enjoying it um with all the danger and adventures that come with it you know (laughs) what I mean yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's interesting because I know that the like the the relationship between Ben and Hannah and Hannah's existence in Quantum Leap has been compared to like Time Traveler's Wife or to River Song and Doctor Who, but I, those mm-hmm. never sat right with me. And, and you know, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, and and I you know I appreciate that storyline a great deal. Um, but but for me, I, I I kind of hit on something recently that I kind of I, I thought like this makes a little bit more sense to me, and I appreciate it in a way, even though it's obviously has its differences. But it almost reminds me a little bit of like Peggy Carter and Captain America in in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because there's this there's this it's okay. I'll give you a capsule. A capsule. Okay, great. But like the wonderful thing that happens is like, you know, when Captain America disappears is that, you know, Peggy continues on as this, this heroic character, you know, doing these heroic things. And one of the things that's got me so interested in what Hannah's doing kind of in the off time, if you will, mm. is because I feel like there's got to be this pull for her. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily see the only adventures that Hannah is having are with Ben. Do you you feel similarly to that? I do. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. I don't, I I like that she, she's not 
waiting around. And it's very clear from the get-go she hasn't been waiting around. Um, mm. The next time we see her, she's achieved a lot. And yeah. and again, um, in Nomad, like she, of course she would love to, you know, spend um, endless time with Ben, uh, but she's not you know, she's not wasting any time. She's, she's off. Uh, she appreciates the time she has with him and then she's off on her own adventures. I yeah. So yeah. At the risk of getting like too spoilery, there's some stuff that I, I really want to ask, but I, but I won't. But one thing <laughs> that I'm, that I'm interested in just because, you know, kind of like what Dean was saying about, about love and, and, and talking about those whirlwind romances and what you just said about, you know, Hannah living her life. Do you think that because of the way that the relationship, you know, with Ben works, um, are you, at least in your mind, regardless of what happens on the show, open to the possibility that Hannah could still have other relationships in the absence of Ben? Or, or do you see it as being like, she's in love with Ben and that's all there is to it? Can you answer that? I, if you can't answer it, I understand. <laughs> in my mind, I think... I, I, you know, I think in the way that she continues to live her life to the fullest, that yes, it's a definitely a possibility that she'll, I don't see her, you know, <clears throat> waiting around, but I also don't see that as changing her deep, deeper love for Ben. Yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. that, that that will always be, and she knows it, but there's obviously you know, she doesn't know when she's going to see him again. So. Right. Or if she's right. going to see him again. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I think that it's a wonderful, I mean, it, it, even if it's just subtext, even if it's something that most people don't think twice about or whatever, but I, I do think that there is this wonderful commentary just on kind of, um, you know, to borrow a phrase from David Bowie, modern love, because we, you know, so often there are these traditional, you know, structures that are set up of like, this has to be, what it is or it's not love. And I, yeah. I just think that that's unfair. You know, I mean, people are, people are different. And, and, and um, I don't think that if Hannah were to have, you know, relationships in the intervening years, she's not seeing Ben, that doesn't diminish her, doesn't. her love for Ben, you know? Not at all. So yeah, I, I like that. I like the, the idea of that. Yeah. I do um, too. And I think it's really, you know, I, that's why I, one of the reasons I love this character, I think she's so well written and she, there's a maturity about her and the way she approaches life and love that is really beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's one of the things too, in the, in the course of this episode, cause I want to talk about Addison cause you and, and Caitlin get to mm. share the screen in a very interesting way. Um, but one of the things I love about the episode is that Addison and Ben both say, I love you to one another. And obviously the context is, is, is different from the way that they said that in season one, but right. it, it, again, it's that reminder that, um, I, 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 Dean said this in, in the interview that I had with him just a couple of days ago, uh, that's going to air kind of in conjunction with this one that, you know, love is infinite, you know, that there's mm -hmm. no reason why we shouldn't look at love as being infinite. And so I love this idea that like, you know, we, we can have love from more than one person, right? Like it doesn't have to yeah. be just like that narrow view. Um, yeah. And isn't that just the truest thing? You know, I, I mean, we've all been in relationships that have changed us for the better. Um, some for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know you wouldn't go back and change even if it was painful or even if there was loss because it's made you who you are today yeah I think that's very true of of Ben and Addison's love I think it's very true of Ben and Hannah's love you know and well, Hannah always... and Addison's budding love Oh, clearly. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I think that that's one of the things I, you know, I, I say this frequently about artists. I, I think that the freedom to fail is so incredibly important. And I don't think that that's just for artists. I think that that's mm. true in life. You know, we have to just have the freedom to fail and it's okay to fail. And I know that, you know, that in, in a lot of societies across the globe, failure does not seem like an option, you know, just culturally and, and it's not uh, approved by society. But I think that it is important to experience that because like you said, it's, it's it makes you who you are and it, mm -hmm. it gives you the opportunity to grow. Um, mm. Speaking of growth, as you mentioned, there's clearly something going on here um, with Addison and Hannah. 
Uh, <laughs> I love it's it's just it's so wonderful and it's something that obviously is fairly new to the show in a lot of ways even going back to the original series the opportunity to have you know our leaper Ben interact with someone he's on the leap with as well as the hologram mm -hmm. and then they get to kind of interact as well but in a unique way um mm -hmm. Can you talk about playing those those scenes? Because there's, I, I think that there's got to be a temptation to maybe go a little like towards slapstick, right? There's, there's, there's yeah. or, or whatever. I, watching the episode, <laughs> I think I bordered on slapstick. <laughs> I lent into it a little too much, like Addison. Where <laughs> um, but it's really tricky. It's tricky when yeah. um, beautiful Caitlin is standing right there and you you can't look at her. Um, and you just want to look at her. Um, <laughs> stunning. So it's, you know, there's, I think there's a fine line and I'm, and I, I was finding it in that episode and it's, you know, I, it, it's, it's evolved a lot more since then, which I can't mm. talk about, but you know, sure. I, it, it was something different for all of us. Um, and yeah, I think we were finding it in this episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Honestly, okay. I, I I thought yeah, because again, it was it, it's something new, and 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 I appreciate any time we get the the opportunity to kind of just explore, you know, something different and 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 go to a new place that that makes sense, especially in the context mm -hmm. of, of of this episode. Um, the you know the there is a there's obviously a lot of humor to those scenes, and yeah. in particular, kind of the game of telephone. That gets played from like Addison saying something to Ben saying it to you. I love there's that the beautiful, thing. yeah, the beautiful woman part. Um, <laughs> what was what was like filming that? And 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 in general, I guess you could talk about filming those scenes, but that specific scene, you know, with the idea you can't see or hear Addison, you know, she could see and hear you. Ben stuck in the middle. What, what's I, that like? I, it was really fun. It was really fun, <laughs> and uh, we, you know, we really got to play on the humor of that because it's so awkward for Ben. It is just so clearly uh, incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> His two worlds colliding. Um, and he did it beautifully. I, you know, it was, uh, it was really fun. Nice. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it comes across. And I think that that's one of the things that's so interesting about this episode in general. I mean, it feels visually there's there's this really wonderful cinematic quality to it. Mm. I think the location shooting and, you know, Chris Grismer is as director. And that's I mean, right. there's just some wonderful stuff going on um, in that respect. But tonally, I, I love that the episode gets to go to a lot of different places. It doesn't it just does. play. It doesn't. Yeah. Honestly, this is like, I mean, I, I haven't seen all of Ray's work obviously <laughs> mm. but there was something so raw about his performance in this episode I just when he thinks that he's failed yeah um he was incredible there was something that I hadn't seen before um that he was so uh yeah raw and vulnerable and um angry and like it was just a new layer um that that i hadn't seen and i thought was really incredible his performance was brilliant yeah there's something yeah, there, there is something very kind of stripped down and, mm. and bare almost yes. especially in that final scene between the two of you and when he walks away the look on his face is unlike any look on his face I have seen in the past, mm. you know, 26 episodes or however mm -hmm. many it's been since the start of the series. And um, it was, it was a really incredible moment and it does, it feels like the, you know, that, that the, the Ben who's walking away at that particular moment and getting ready to leap is, you know, has, has, has changed in a lot of ways. Yeah. I totally grown. agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really special. And yeah. Chris did a great job as well of, of capturing that and just letting him fly, you know? Yeah. Did you, we, we talked a little bit about in Secret History, the opportunity that you and Ray had to rehearse some of those scenes, almost like a play. Mm. And mm. in this episode, especially having to be on location, traveling, you know, I imagine it, it made no time feel time. compressed. <laughs> okay. That's what I was going to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was its own kind of, um, you know, really fun challenge it was it, you know it was so run and gun you know we were just 
like chasing the daylight, trying to get everything done for the finite amount of time we were there. And mm. that brought a different energy again to like what we had in episode six where we were, you know, really dialed in and had all this time to explore. So yeah. I like both. I, I really kind of enjoyed both of these very different um, exercises. <laughs> right. Sure. Yes. No, I, 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 I totally understand that. I mean, it's like, it's a, again, you know, doing Shakespeare in front of 1500 people is awesome, but being in like a black box with 80 people is awesome. You know, it's like, right, right. give me either one, but, yeah. but, um, the, I think you're right. There's something about the way that the episode moves and the overall tension of the episode and just, you know, having that kind of spy story and time being of the essence, it really does lend itself I, that I would imagine that kind of uh, shooting schedule lends itself to kind of getting that across. Mm. Did you did you ever feel like that there were moments in the episode or in, you know, during filming when you, you were sort of like, oh, I, you know, I want one more pass at this, but there's just no time for it. Oh, yeah. Or do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. How do you how do you let go of that? Like, how do you how do you just kind of you know say like, it's all right, you know, it, it is what it is. I think trusting your director has a lot plays a big part in that. I know that mm. Chris isn't going to make us look um, unrehearsed or bad. You know, there's just no way. Yeah. Um, he wants this to be as good as it can be, um, same as us, and you know, you don't necessarily get that with every director. Um, uh, but I, you know, I feel like I'm in really good hands um, on this show. Like every director I've had has, well, yeah. it's actually only two so far where we're at um, <laughs> in, uh, in the airing of, of this season. Um, it was Chris and Pamela and both of them were just, I felt very safe. And even if I wanted to go again, um, if Chris says we got it, then we got it, you know, mm, let's move on. Yeah. yeah. I, I trust is, is such an important piece of, of the puzzle. Huge. Um, you, you know, you talked earlier about being able to kind of come into this project and, and just feel welcomed and feel like, you know, a part of things and feel everybody was generous and, and there. When it comes to kind of giving, giving that trust do you, is that something that comes easy to you when you walk into a project or is it something that you're always a little nervous about and like, okay, like this is a part of the job. I got to do it. Do you have to kind of like push yourself towards it? Yeah. You know, I, I was, my answer changed while in, while you were asking that question. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, I just trust instantly. And then I went, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm definitely right. dubious. You know, I'm a bit like, sussing everybody out <laughs> you know? yeah yeah is this a, a good space and i i only say that because i have had some experiences where we weren't in particularly good <laughs> mm. yeah so uh i yeah i think i i can be a little bit nervous going in and then yeah once i settle yeah. You, you know, obviously this is a more general question, but you know, mentioning where there's sometimes you're not necessarily, you don't feel you're in the best of hands or, or whatnot. What do mm. you, you know, what do you do in that situation? Is it, is it, is it a, a situation for you that you feel like I'm going to do the best that I can, but I don't know if it's going to be my best yes. or yeah. No, sorry. What was the or? Cause that Oh, sorry. Or, or, or do you, or do you, or do you find yourself kind of maybe working to establish something, you know, establish a trust or establish a, you know, a better way of doing things. Do you, do you kind of maybe, uh, is there a way to kind of finesse the situation to get it so that it's more comfortable or do you just kind of have to live with it as it is? I think it depends on the situation because I, I you know, you can, you can go in with the best of intentions. I always do. And then if I feel like something's not going right maybe technically maybe it's just it's a we're not vibing thing or um whatever it is um I'll always try to work it out before we we shoot you know go yeah. okay can we just pause for a second and and rework this or just how about this like you don't want to go into a situation um with problems and no um, answers, you know, you, you want to yeah. go in and say, well, here's, here's how 
we could maybe make this better. Because um, if you go in and you just complain, you're not and just say fix it then you're not that's not a collaboration so I'll, right. I'll try to go in with solutions and then um if they're not received then you just got to kind of make do and you'll know pretty quickly if they're not open to it <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So, so to, to, to kind of start to wrap things up here, um, I'm so, so grateful for the time that you've given. I really appreciate it, but, um, I I do want to, um, not that I'm trying to be all actors studio on you or whatever, but what, what inspires you? Oh, that's such a broad question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what inspires me? I, I mean, uh, people, mm-hmm. people inspire me. My son inspires me. My husband inspires me. My mum inspires me, you know, like the core people in my life. Um, and also the people I work with, it's, it, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from others and, um, and myself, I, you know, I, I really, I, I'm starting to feel really comfortable with who I am and that's a great feeling and it um I don't know it just encourages me to keep going keep yeah um growing <laughs> absolutely yeah what inspires you what's next Ooh. <laughs> um yeah my kids my kids yeah my my spouse yeah yeah you know I uh, as as longtime listeners of the show will know, um, I did not have great role models growing up, right. and, and and I've had a lot of a lot of struggles, and um, and yeah, I think it's 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 such a fine line because you don't want it to sound egotistical, but I agree with you. I think you know, I I you you kind of have to inspire yourself sometimes. Yeah. You know, my sobriety inspires me. My, my decision to, yeah, yeah, yeah. congratulations. Thank you, you too. <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that that question, genuinely, what's next, is so inspiring to me. Absolutely. You know, and I think in, it, especially like working almost exclusively in theater as I have for, you know, the, the bulk of the last 20 years, it's, to me, there's something about that finite amount of time, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that eight to 12 weeks that you might have working on a show, sometimes more depending on the run yeah. or whatever. It's like, it's, it, it, it's gotten easier and easier for me to ask that question the older I get, because mm. it, it, it's like, I can enjoy this. I can be in the moment for this, but boy, whatever's next, you know, it'll, it'll be better. That's the hope, right? Yeah. And, so that, and that to me is inspiring. I think the idea yeah. that whatever's next, you can, you know, because you have grown from this experience and now the next one can be even more, even more meaningful. Impactful. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I do. That's awesome. No. Oh, Thank well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. I had so much fun and I, I'm so thrilled that people are going to get to, to see more of Hannah and more of Hannah and Ben's journey like together, but also just more of more of Hannah's journey because there's points in this episode where I feel like we we do, we see a a, a someone who has matured um, mm. even over last time, but without losing that sense of play, um, mm. which I think is so lovely about her. And I think yeah. that it's it's the thing that, yeah, can really, you know, just keep people uh, uh, coming back, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens over the course of these, these next five episodes. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Let's have it. It's going to yeah, be really right? fun. <laughs> awesome. Um, Eliza, will you come back? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so, (laughs) so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, Take care of yourself. And uh, I look forward to having you back on to talk more whenever Hannah comes back to Quantum Leap. Sounds good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.